Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm your host, Corey Graham. Join us here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. Drug runners, drama, love, and freedom. There's all that and more in the new action-packed novel by Bill Dunkley and Jeannie Martin, titled The Freedom. I'm joined right now by the co-authors of the book. Bill and Jeannie, thank you for being here with me tonight. Hey, we're glad to be with you. Thanks for having us. Can you tell me what this book's about, The Freedom? It sounds really exciting. Well, your intro was awesome. It is. <laughs> it's, it's an action-packed romance about freedom. The name of the book is from the sailboat. The sailboat is named Freedom. And this gal sailing alone gets caught in the middle between a DEA agent and a drug runner that are both trying to take each other out. And it turns into a fantastic romance between the two of them, the DEA agent and this recently divorced gal trying to escape her past on her sailboat. In the Caribbean, the action goes from the Caribbean islands to the mountains of Wyoming, and everyone has loved it. Wow. How did the idea for this one come about? Oh, just from life experiences. Uh, my mom encouraged me to write. I have a distant cousin, John Dunkley, who's a writer, and his advice was, just write. Hmm. <laughs> and Jeannie encouraged me to go to a writer's conference. She's a lot more gifted in writing than I am. The last couple of years, we really worked hard on this to get it published. Jeannie, what was the collaboration like on this? Well, we worked really well together. Bill has lots of great ideas, and I have the creative words to make things more descriptive. And so I think we're a really good fit together for writing. Yeah, don't don't let her kid you, though. She is very creative also. We have almost to the word count, 50-50, written this together. She's got a lot of fantastic ideas, too. Bill, is this your first journey into writing, or have you done this before? Writing newsletters, uh, different articles. This is our first published work, and it's been many, many years in the coming. Mm, so the Process sounds like it took a while, and you do need a lot of patience when you write a book, especially a novel. You know, there's a lot that goes into it, so patience was key. Yes, a ton of research. I was amazed at how much research went into it to give it the accuracy that it should have so that the novel really comes to life. Yeah, a lot of time involved. I was surprised. Yeah, a lot of hard work, and I don't think a lot of people who are writing a book for the first time fully realize how much work and time goes into it. It can be frustrating, can be discouraging. Jeannie, would you have any words of advice for that first-time author looking to get that one out? Just keep at it. Just work on it a little every day, a little every time you have a moment, and just keep working on it. And talk to other people. Get them to read what you have and give their insight. Is it working as a storyline or not? And take their criticism when they give it. It was a long process. We definitely didn't think that it would be quite as long, but every time we would read it, we would find more changes that we wanted to make. So there were lots of redrafting of the manuscript and edit, edit, and re-edit and get really good editors to help you edit. Again, it's called The Freedom. 
by Bill Dunkley and Jeannie Martin. It's published by Christian Faith Publishing, and you can find it everywhere you shop for your books, on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, iTunes, traditional brick-and-mortar stores as well. Well, Bill and Jeannie, thank you again for coming by the show here tonight. I had a wonderful time meeting you and talking about this really exciting book. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Readers get a fabulous look at the power of magic in the new children's book by Stephen Wyatt titled The Falcon and the Prince. I'm happy to have Stephen with me here right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Stephen, thank you for joining me tonight. Yes, good to be here. Can you tell me all about your new book, The Falcon and the Prince? Yeah, it's, it's got a featuring a falcon that has magical powers who uh, comes to the aid of a young damsel in distress. Where did the idea for this come from? Well, that's a different thing for me. When something comes into my mind, I have to jot it down pretty quick or I'll lose it. But in this particular case, I think probably either my writing muse or my poetry muse probably took over my senses for a brief period of time. And this story spilled out of me in about a 20-minute period of time. About what age range of children do you think would be this most suited for? Well, I'm thinking probably five to nine in that range. You say this is kind of a new thing for you. What's your writing background like? You know, I've been uh, writing poetry as a hobby for quite a few years, you know, and a lot of it I actually typed up and probably stuck in a drawer somewhere. As far as writing stories, this came to me, oh, it's probably 15 years ago, and I finally this year decided, or last year, I guess it was, with the pandemic going on and you know, having more time sitting at home and stuff, I thought, you know, maybe I'll see what I can do with it. My main hobby to begin with was poetry, and now I've kind of spread out a little bit more into, you know, some different areas, this one being my first published work. And at the present time, I'm actually working on a regular adult novel. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, you do sound very spread out in the kinds of things that you write. So were there any challenges specific? to the children's book, even when it comes to, you have to work with illustrations on this. Was that a big deal? No, no. My publisher, uh, I let them take care of the, of the illustration part of it as well. They would submit some that I could take a look at, you know, to approve or disapprove of, but that went real well. They said this book is about 15 years in the making now. How's it feel to finally have it out there in stores? You know, it's really great. I keep telling people now that I'm I'm going to embark on the second career of my life, you know, and I'm, I'm really pretty excited about it just to work with that type of creativity. I mean, I'm, just, I'm having a great time. Mm. It's wonderful to hear you're enjoying the craft. Now, what advice would you have for aspiring authors, somebody that wants to get their first book out there in stores? You know, the main thing I would say is if a person feels creative in that way, to just to get out and do it, you know, and don't wait for what you think might be the right time. Because I always believe if that's in your mind, that the right time is now. Do you ever get writer's block? Yeah, that happens quite a bit. In fact, I've gotten to the point where I don't sit down and think, okay, I'm going to write this now or I'm going to write that. I, ha I have to really wait until that inspiration just comes to me. And then at that point, I've got to jot it down somehow, you know, either on a notebook or key it in on the computer and put it in a file or something. But I usually have to just kind of lay back and let it come to me. Now, you mentioned something I think is really important. That's that once you get an idea, don't just sit on it and say, okay, I got to work on that later. You got to write it down. 
Because that's the way, like you said, you're going to lose it most likely if you don't write it down right away. So would you say that's been an important part of being creative and keeping up with new ideas? Yeah, it is. It is. In fact, I've even gotten to the point where sometimes at night when I'm laying down to go to sleep, something will hit me and I tell myself, you know, even if it's midnight or one in the morning or whatever it is, I've got to get up, you know, and get that put down somewhere or I will lose it. Very wise of you to do. I encourage our listeners to check this out. It's called The Falcon and the Prince by Stephen Wyatt. It's published by Fulton Books. You can find it everywhere you shop for your reading material. At Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, your traditional brick-and-mortar stores, everywhere. Well, Stephen, thank you again for coming on the show. I had a nice time chatting with you tonight. Yeah, thank you. Children will learn important lessons while joining a cast of animal characters in the plains of Africa. In the new book by Judith Abe Biabusha, titled, Apps and Beaks Become BFFs. Judith is here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Judith, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here with me. Thank you so much for having me. It is my pleasure. Can you tell me about Apps and Beaks Become BFFs? Yes. Apps and Beaks Become BFFs is a children's book, and it uses animal characters. Okay, imagine in imaginary Takataka Plains in Africa. The characters, a rowdy rowdy bunch of animals get together for the Jungle Dome Festival. And they have fun, they chant, they do all sorts of, play all sorts of games and tricks. And Apps, who is a poyo, the hare, gets tired, he goes to rest for a bit, and then he meets Bikolobik, Beaks, the pest. When he meets Beaks, the pest, he, he takes them back and introduces them to the other his friends, there are other rowdy animals. They start making fun of him. And so he's offended. He gets back to where he's, he lives. And he decides, you know, to teach them a lesson. And after he, he, he invites them over and so on and so on. And in the end, he um, teaches them, you know, from his experience, a lesson from his experience. And they realize, the animals realize that it is important to have respect for others. Mm, That is important. So what inspired you to write this story? Where did you come up with the idea? When I was growing up in Africa, my parents and my other relatives, they used to tell us stories and they used animal characters. As now, as I get older, I find it so interesting, you know, I wanted to give these younger kids here a different kind of story, Mm. you see? something with a setting in Africa, have them, you know, have a different experience and have a a real love for um, wildlife, you see? Mm. So growing up, I used to go on the safaris all the time. And even now I go on safaris, by the way. I like going to the Bronx Zoo when the weather is nice, if I can't go on safari. So I just wanted to tell my story, sort of my experience using these animals, characters. Now, this is your first published book. Congratulations on having it out there. What did it feel like when you held that first book in your hands? I was elated. Mm. I could not believe it. All the help I got, Fulton Books, the lady I worked with, Mary, was amazing. She really coached me. She helped me through the publishing. You know, she, she went over and over. She said, just go over it again. If you find something you want it to sound the way you want it to sound. So read it over. Take your time. After going through all that, 
I was elated when I finally had that book in my hand and I said, yes, I have published a book. It felt really good. That is wonderful. Do you have advice now for aspiring authors? Oh, yes. I have a, a really good advice for aspiring authors. I, I would like to tell them, do not give up. Mm. If you have an idea, write it on paper. Or what I, like what I used to do, I'd put it on my Google Notes. Every time I think of something to add to it, I'll put it onto the story. And it may take a long time, but don't give up. Because the only way you could tell your story is if you have it written mm. so that you can share with other people. You see? Mm. The key is do not let anybody discourage you. Because along the way, a lot of people try to discourage me. You know, others telling me, oh, you're not famous. You're not a, you know, a star. You're not a politician. Your book will never sell. Do not listen to naysayers. Get your topic, write it down and stick to your story, how you want it to come out. Well, we're certainly looking forward to more adventures of apps and beaks. This book is called Apps and Beaks Become BFFs. It was written by Judith Abe Biabusha and was published by Fulton Books. You can find it everywhere you shop for books on Amazon at Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, traditional brick-and-mortar stores as well. Judith, thank you again for talking with me here tonight. I really appreciate you stopping by. Thank you so much for having me. Have a good day. Always keep fighting. That's the message of the new book by Anthony Reed, titled Keys to My Soul, The Journey from Darkness to New Hope. I'd like to welcome Anthony right now here to the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for joining me here tonight, Anthony. Uh, no problem at all. No problem at all. Appreciate you being here. So can you tell me what you've written about in Keys to My Soul? Well, Keys to My Soul is basically a poetic documentation of my mental and emotional journey while going through a depression. Hmm. And about how long were you working on this? It took about a little over a year to actually have the book done, but I actually write poetry almost like a diary or a journal. So hmm. as I was going through it, I was actually writing as I was going through all the instances in my life, I was actually writing as I was doing it. So it was more just compiling it. Hmm. Is this your first time publishing? Uh, yeah, first time publishing. Wow. How's it feel to have your first book up there on shelves? It's kind of unreal. It's, it actually, it actually hasn't really set in. Even though I know it's there, it just kind of hasn't set in yet. It's just all so new. So is this a goal of yours? Have you always wanted to publish a book, or is this something that just kind of came up? I've always wanted to publish a book as, as long as I've been writing. I was thinking, I'm, I've always said, I'm going to publish a book. I'm going to publish one, but I just never had, never had done it. A lot of my writing was just personal diaries and poetry and journals. Was it challenging to take your journal and your poetry, everything you've written, then get it edited down to a book format in the way that you'd want to release to the world? It would have been. I think that was probably the challenge of why it took so long, but after going through and battling through depression, I, my thought process then kind of changed to I would want to put something out that could help others. And now after I started thinking about it that way, everything is brutally honest. I haven't really edited. I just created the collection. The poems are still basically what they were initially. It literally is keys to my soul, so to speak. It is about opening up and sharing with others. Hmm. I think this is a really wonderful testament to how important writing itself can be to your overall health and how beneficial 
simply writing can be to you because obviously writing, journaling was helping you deal with your depression. What advice would you have for people who are writing and not sure if they want to publish or not? What would you say? For those that are thinking about publishing, if you're really thinking about it uh, like I was, I would just, my advice would be stop thinking about it and do it. Mm. And if you're wondering what, how to get there, for me, it was not just to put it out. But my motivation changed from I just want to be, I, I would like to publish something to I would like to help others. Mm. When that transition changed and that changed, that was what in me changed from, okay, I want to do it to I'm doing it. That's the push I needed. When I found out, it's like when I was helping other people, it was like, okay, I just got to do it now. And I got more focused on what it was. You ever get writer's block? Do you ever have trouble writing? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I would. There are like two ways I write. One way is just something's on my mind. I keep a pen and pad nearby and I just let it flow. And then sometimes there'll be certain things I want to just put down on paper. And sometimes when I'm trying to put something down on paper, sometimes, you know, a block will come for a little time period and then, you know, just have to fight through it. When I'm forced to put something down on paper, when I want to get something out, sometimes it is a block, but most of the time it just flows. Hmm. The book is called Keys to My Soul, The Journey from Darkness to New Hope. It's by Anthony Reed and published by Fulton Books. You can find it everywhere you shop for your reading material on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, traditional brick-and-mortar stores, too. Well, Anthony, thanks again for coming by the show here. I had a great time chatting with you tonight. All right. I had a great time myself. I have a very special guest with me here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. It's author Emily Aoff. Her new book is out right now. It's called Me and My Alphabet Book. It's published by Christian Faith Publishing. Emily, thank you for being here with me today. Thank you for having me. So your new book is out, Me and My Alphabet Book. Can you tell me what the book's all about? The book, Me and My Alphabet Book, is about the alphabet, and it teaches younger kids the alphabet and helps them expand their vocabulary. So about how old of kids do you think would really get a lot from this? Um, I would say from zero to about eight, because when you're younger, you can have someone read it to you. Hmm. And once you get older, there are some harder words in my book. And when you're younger, you can also appreciate the illustrations without having to appreciate the words necessarily. So how was it working with an, an illustrator and getting the pictures done? It was really fun. That's good. Did you have a lot of back and forth and a lot of conversation about the kinds of things that you wanted to see? Yeah. So I started off with like sending them a description of what I wanted the, what I wanted the image to look like. And they would send it back to me. And yeah, we would just go back and forth. Can you tell me how you got the idea to write this? Well, I always loved writing. And uh, my fourth grade teacher, she read us a bunch of books of young authors, just like me. And I got really inspired by that. So, yeah, I also really like helping other people and helping younger kids. So, yeah, I wrote an alphabet book that helps younger kids. Well, that's really kind of you to be reaching out to others to help them. Thank you. Is this the first time then you've written a book and been published? Um, well, it's not the first time that I've written a book. I love writing short stories, hmm. but the first, my first published book, yes. Wow. How does it feel, especially at your age, you're so young, to have your first book out there, to be a, officially a published author? It's very cool. Like, it's, I'm still in shock. Hmm. Like, it's just something that I'm really proud of. 
Are you working on another one? I'm working on, like I said, I'm writing short stories. But yeah, I'm just writing right now. I'm enjoying being a um, new author. Hmm. Now, were there people in your life going along that helped you along the way and encouraged you and supported you? Well, my, like I said, my teacher, she read me all those books. Mm. Um, she read them to the whole class. But once I actually said that I wanted to write a book, my mom, mm. she supported me all the way. And now that you are officially a published author, what would you say to somebody who's never done this before and wants to write a book and get it out there too? I would say just do it and find someone who's very supportive because there have been many times that I wanted to like just stop the process, but then my mom was always there and encouraging and supporting me. Mm. I assume you've heard of writer's block. It's where you sit down and you want to write a story and maybe you get to a spot and then all of a sudden nothing. The, the words aren't coming out. You're out of ideas. Do you ever get anything like that? Um, yeah, I do sometimes. Mm. You got a way to sort of get the ideas going again? Yeah, I'll step away from like my computer because then I'll get like stressed out if I can't think of anything. But I'll step away and I will just try to think of something else and then I'll just it will just come to me what I wanted to write. Writers are often very avid readers as well. Would you consider yourself a fan of reading? Yeah, I like reading. Mm, what kinds of things do you read? Um, I like reading nonfiction books. Well, that's fantastic. Emily, thank you so much for coming on the show, and congratulations again for getting your first book out there. We're looking forward to seeing a lot more. Again, this book is called Me and My Alphabet Book. It's by Emily Aylf and is published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, traditional brick-and-mortar stores, everywhere you shop for books. Emily, thanks again. I had a great time talking with you. Let's do this again for your next one. Yeah, thank you so much. Goodness and Love in the Midst of Dark Times is at the center of the new book by Jeffrey Young, titled Beth, Legacy of Love. I'd like to welcome Jeffrey to the Reader House Author Roundtable right now. Jeffrey, thank you for talking with me tonight. Well, thank you for having me. This is a real joy and a pleasure. It is for me as well. Now, your new book, Beth, The Legacy of Love, just hit shelves. Can you tell me about it? It is a miracle that has been waiting to happen for 44 years. Hmm. And going back, there was a beautiful young girl named Tracy Ross, who was uh, one of my classmates in high school. She was just very exceptional. She contracted spinal meningitis, and she died. Hmm. And when she died, all of a sudden, it was like time had stopped. The entire community of Sarasota, Florida, not a uh, small community at that, all of a sudden stopped in its tracks. Wow. People all over the community and all over the country began to call about this young girl. And so I began to explore her life to find out what it was that was so exceptional about her. What I found became Beth. But how long were you working on it? Well, I started writing it when I was 17, believe it or not, and that's a miracle in itself. Then it lasted for about two years of actual writing, and it was uh, handwritten, all of it. It was 1,159 pages 
Really, if they say that writing is the sole morning, you can say that I cried for 1,159 pages. Is this the first time you've been published? Uh, yes, sir, it is. Oh, congratulations. Well, thank you. Uh, first time for books. I've had a few short stories that I had published in college. I wrote a few articles for some trade journals when I was in the Army. I also published a few poems, but nothing serious is this undertaking. Oh, no. After having been a writer basically your whole life, now having that first book out there on shelves must feel pretty good. It is truly surreal. Hmm. It is a miracle because of the fact that for the longest time, I thought it would never happen. Hmm. I was asked by an editor friend of mine what it was like putting this whole thing together and going for 44 years with starts and stops. And I told him it was like living inside of a miracle because of the fact that every time I was going to stop it and say, no, this is it, I'm going to give it up, something amazing would happen. Like hmm. I met this girl in California who became my wife. But I found that she could type 136 words a minute. So she typed up my manuscript from my poor, beaten, <laughs> old royal manuscript that was barely legible. And she put it on a computer disk. And then that went on to a thumb drive. And once that started, I was able to easily have the publishers work with it. Do you have any words of wisdom now that you've published your first book, you've gone through the writing, you've gone through the editing, and it's out there? Do you have any words of wisdom for aspiring authors who are looking to do the same thing? Well, all I can really say is if you really are committed and you believe that you can do something exceptional, I think that you really should. And I believe in God, and I believe that people who trust him will always in the end succeed even after 44 years what are your plans from here are you maybe thinking of getting another book out there maybe one more book i have one book that is out already it followed beth that is called tales out of church and it is a loosely tied together series of short stories i think it, it is a really good book i i think a lot of people will have fun reading it the book is called Beth, Legacy of Love. It was written by Jeffrey Young and published by Fulton Books. You can find it everywhere you shop for books, at Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, at iTunes, at Google Play, traditional brick-and-mortar stores, everywhere. Well, Jeffrey, thank you again for joining me tonight. I had a really nice time chatting. Well, thank you very much for having me, and you've been absolutely wonderful, and you're a real peach. Thank you very much, sir. Every child deserves a chance to thrive, and author Madison Webb encourages children in complicated family situations. In her new book, A Different Family, I'm really happy that Madison is joining me here right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Madison, thanks again for being here tonight with me. No problem. Thanks for having me. I think this is a really great book, A Different Family. Can you tell me about it? Yeah, so A Different Family is based off a kiddo named Sammy. 
He lives in a group home and he's in foster care and it's just based off his journey through foster care and how he bounces from home to home and just kind of looking at the story from the kiddo's point of view versus from the parent's point of view and his journey to finding eventually an adoptive home. Is there a certain age group that you were targeting with this? Yeah, it's probably early elementary, preschool. I think, honestly, any kiddo who's in that specific situation could benefit, but mainly elementary age kiddos. And this is certainly something that's needed out there. So what gave you the inspiration to write it? Yeah, well, I actually work in foster care myself, and it's just something that is very near and dear to my heart. I can relate a lot to some of my kiddos that I work with. Writing has always kind of been a secret passion of mine, so I figured the two together and try to develop more resources for these kiddos. Hmm. Would you say there's a gap when it comes to resources in this area? Absolutely. I think a lot of kids just kind of group foster care as a whole and they kind of have, you know, the general idea of a kiddo with a bag packed and just kind of bouncing around and they don't necessarily want to deal with everything that comes with it. So there's not very many resources. So what was it like writing the book and then getting it published, working with illustrations? Was it an easy process? It was actually a really fun process, but it was also very intense. Mm. There's a lot of things you don't think about for a book and a lot of things that you want to be perfect. But it is very rewarding to kind of see. For me, I had like a picture in my head of what I wanted. So to see it on paper is the most amazing thing ever. Mm. Do you have advice for someone that's looking to do the same thing, get a book published and go through it for the first time? Yeah, I would definitely just say don't let anybody tell you you can't do it. Hmm. You're not going to make every reader happy or every fan happy, if you will. But if it's something that you're really passionate about, then don't be afraid to put it out there. For me, I never thought it would happen and just kind of took a shot in the dark. And, you know, here we are now. So I would just say that if you if you want it, then don't be afraid to go for it. Yeah, certainly if that passion is there and you stick it out, then it pays off. And I think you're beginning to see that now with the people that you're helping and, and how far spread that this book is getting out there. So uh, do you have plans for maybe another one? Another one's definitely in my mind. I think there's all of my books are kind of based off specific cases that I've had. Hmm. So I think I'm kind of at the process of narrowing down what story I want to tackle next. But there is definitely another one in my brain that's in the works. And hopefully I can get that out sometime within the near future. It's called A Different Family by Madison Webb. It's published by Fulton Books. You can find it everywhere that you shop for your reading material. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, traditional brick-and-mortar stores as well. Madison, thanks again for joining me here tonight. I had a great time chatting. No problem. Thanks for having me. I hope you guys like it. Spiritual warfare reminds us that God is real. In the new novel by David F. Adams titled The Prayer, I'd like to welcome David to the show right now. David, thanks for joining me here tonight. Oh, it's good to be with you. So can you tell me what The Prayer is all about? Well, in general, uh, the prayer is about an older man who went to my church. 
we became real pretty close friends during that period and and eventually he developed cancer and it was pretty evident that he was going to die from it and it wasn't going to be very long that he had to live even though there were other people in the church there and you know we we prayed for him on a regular basis on Sundays and during the services and whatnot I just had this I don't know this urge to just go out to his house and pray for him personally so that he would he would feel like he meant something to everybody and so I did I I just I guess it was just a nudge by God and he carried me through it because I don't really like to do that kind of thing Mm. (laughs) not not in particular that's that's basically what happened and uh, as the book says uh, he eventually died and uh, kind of broke my heart, but I had another idea that what God was going to do, and Mm. it didn't work out the way I wanted it to. Mm. God was certainly using you. So what gave you the idea, or or what persuaded you to go ahead and write the story and then release it here right now? You know, I can't really remember, because I wrote this thing back in the, I would say, in the early to mid-90s, I started it when I was still living in Redlands in California. I was kind of toyed around with it, and eventually, uh, when when we moved to Arizona, I looked it over again, and, uh, you know something, I can expound on this and make a total book out of it instead of just a story. So that's pretty much what I did. Sounds like it could be very encouraging to a lot of people. So is this the first time you've written a book, or is this the first time you've published? This is the first time I've published. I've got a, I've got another book kind of uh, in the works right now. It's about more or less about the night that Christ was born and a couple years after that. It also entails a bunch of demonic activity and the battle between God's angels and Satan's demons. And I'm still kicking it around trying to refine it. So you're continuing to write. Do you plan on maybe trying to get more published then? Yeah, I think, I, I think I'll think i be firing this off to a publisher and see if I can get this the next one published, yeah. Mm, wonderful. I'm sure you learned a lot along the way of publishing a book for the first time. There's a lot of work. You've got to be patient. And, you know, it takes some time. Uh, so what advice would you give to people who want to do it and have never published a book before but are about to take that step? The only advice I would be able to give would be to put aside any fears of rejection or any of that stuff. If you want to get it published, find a publisher that you like or, you know, a company that does that, your particular kind of book, and fire it off to them. See what they say. If they don't like it or don't want to publish it, well, there's thousands of publishers in this country, so... You may be lucky enough, like I was, to find one that would be happy to publish you. Hmm. Don't be afraid to do it. That's fantastic. You had the right motivation. You had a lot of support there. And you're looking to reach out and tell this story to encourage others. I encourage our listeners to check this book out. It's called The Prayer by David F. Adams. It's published by Fulton Books. You can find it everywhere you shop for books at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, traditional brick-and-mortar stores as well. David, thank you again for stopping by the show. I had a really nice time talking with you. Well, I enjoyed talking with you, too. Thank you very much. (music) 
A special change happens in the life of a lonely boy in the new children's book by Beverly Fritz titled Van Wick. I'm really happy to be joined by Beverly right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Beverly, thank you for being here tonight. Well, thank you for having me. Can you tell me what Van Wick is all about? Well, it's a story about a young man who has been kind of ostracized by the people in his village. Nobody pays any attention to him. And then something special happens. And at the end of the book, things have changed completely. How did you get the idea for the story? <laughs> Actually, I wrote this story a very long time ago when I was in college. It was an early childhood course. And one of the assignments was to write a story for children. And so that's when I did it. And then I kind of put it away and forgot about it for years. And was going through some of my old things to sort things out a little bit and found it. And I thought, well, I don't know, maybe, maybe I could publish it as a book. So that's what happened. Wow. Where did the title come from? It's also the main character's name. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it just came out of my mind. <laughs> it's very unique. I didn't know if you had a story behind it. No, not really. I, I, it, it, as I said, I wrote it so long ago. If I did have something, I've forgotten it. But it's long um, gone by now. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it wasn't any particular. It wasn't named after anybody or anything. Is this the first time you've published a book then? Yes, it is. Wow, congratulations. It's a big deal getting a book out there in stores with your name on it. How's that feel? Well, it feels great. <laughs> mm. I just, I never really thought about doing it. But I have a granddaughter who wrote a book, and she's only in her late 20s. And I thought, you know, look, I'm 87 years old. <laughs> Why can't I do something like that? Why haven't I done more with, you know, what I had created? And so she kind of gave me the impetus to think, well, maybe I'll try to do this. Now, is the impetus there to maybe write another? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. You know, never say never. It's a possibility. I've, I've thought of it a little bit in the back of my mind. I'm sure you learned a lot during the process of getting this ready to be published. What would you say to aspiring authors as some words of advice of going through this whole process? Go for it. Mm. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> it's great advice. It takes a lot of patience, and it's a lot of hard work. And I don't think a lot of people fully grasp that until you try to do it. Was there anything surprising about the process, like the illustrations, for example? What was working with those like? Uh, that was a real challenge because, you know, the, the most important part of the book is how my character looks. Mm. And I had some ideas in my mind, but it took me a while. It, it took the publisher a while to find the right illustrator, because I did not want it to look like a cartoon. Mm. I wanted him to look like a nice person, but, you know, with this part of him that was a little bit extraordinary. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so it took a little while to come up with the proper illustrator, but I was very pleased with the one that I got. Mm. It's so important that you get the vision that's in your head out there. So oftentimes it does take a few times back and forth to yeah. get things just right. You're, you're so right. Kids will love it. What age range did you have in mind with this? Well, I'm really not completely sure. I want them to be old enough to understand, you know, the premise of the book. And yet it's a picture book. And so 
you know, kids get to a certain stage and they went, oh, I want a chapter book. I don't want a little kid, little kid's book. Right. So I'm thinking probably somewhere between three and eight. It just depends on the on the child, I suppose. But I hope that it has that broad of a coverage. Actually, it's kind of fun for adults to read, too. <laughs> hmm. Absolutely. As a parent myself, it is a treat whenever the books you're reading to your children that they enjoy, that you enjoy it at the same time. And uh, books like yes. this are, are a treat for both of us. Well, I, I appreciate your comment there. And, and that's what I'm hoping for. Hmm. Well, I encourage listeners to check this out. It's called Van Wick. It was written by Beverly Fritz, published by Fulton Books. You can find it everywhere you buy your reading material on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, traditional brick-and-mortar stores as well. Well, Beverly, thanks again for coming by the show. It was a delight talking with you and meeting you and finding out about the book. Well, thank you very much. I certainly appreciate you taking the time to do that. It's been a pleasure for me, too. Women's Kinship with the Holy Spirit is explored in the new book by Lita Hendricks-Young and Eulalie Hendricks-Hatfield, titled Holy Spirit, A Ruach Refreshing, Bible Study Guide, A Beautiful, Glorious She. I'm joined right now here by Eulalie Hendricks-Hatfield, one of the co-authors. Eulalie, thank you for being here with me tonight. Thanks for inviting me. It is a pleasure. So this was written by you and your twin sister, Lita, correct? Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Could you tell me about it? Yes. Well, this is the companion Bible study guide to our first book, which is called Holy Spirit, A Beautiful, Glorious She. Like I said, Lita, my twin, was the primary researcher and writer, but we researched the original languages to learn more about the person of the Holy Spirit and to cover the myriads of ways that we as women are like her. So the Hebrew word ruach, which is the word for spirit, was used 378 times in the Old Testament. And perhaps you didn't know this, but 378 times, ruach is a feminine noun in the Hebrew. Hmm. And of the 84 times that ruach refers specifically to the Holy Spirit, 70 times ruach is feminine. And the other times it's just, it's indeterminable because of a lack of a verb or an adjective. How did the translators is what we're wondering turn a she word into a he. Hmm. When the triune God said in the very beginning of Genesis, let us make man in our image after our likeness, male and female created he them, who is the female in the Godhead? Or in other words, how do we say who is the us and the are in whose likeness the female was made? So in Romans 1.20 is a very interesting verse, and it says, God tells us that since the creation of the world, his, God's invisible attributes, can be clearly seen, being understood by the things that he made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that we are without excuse. So nowhere in the natural world, in the things that we can observe that he created, can you find a father and a son without a mother? Matter of fact, in everything God created, in every created organism, including, say, plants, you must have a father and a mother before you can have a son. So we have to remember that when Constantine defined for us the Christian church, 
he threw out anything that was remotely Jewish or Hebraic and basically gave his pagan gods Christian names. So Roman Catholicism is really just a renaming of the old Baal religion and paganism. And then we forget that Protestantism was born out of this corrupt system, and we inherited many of its biases and misperceptions without ever even realizing it. Hmm. Putting three men in the Godhead as a representative of the nuclear family is one of those gross misperceptions. Hmm. In all of creation, there exists a beautiful balance of masculine and feminine that mirrors the power of the Godhead and how completely sensible, rational, logical to clearly see and understand that the three persons in the Godhead are God the Father, God the Mother, and God the Son, each with their own distinct personality and purpose, yet all three persons, as we know, ebb and flow as one. So this Bible study delves into the person of the Holy Spirit and opens to us what the Bible actually says about her. So for a deeper understanding of the power and the glory and the purpose of Ruach, we encourage Christians to buy our books. The first one, Holy Spirit, A Beautiful Glorious She, and then the Bible study companion book, which is this one, Holy Spirit, A Ruach Refreshing. Again, it's called Holy Spirit, A Ruach Refreshing, Bible Study Guide, A Beautiful, Glorious She, written by Lita Hendricks-Young and Eulalie Hendricks-Hatfield, published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it everywhere you buy your books, on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes. Oh, Eulalie, thanks again for being here with me tonight. I had a wonderful time chatting. Yeah, thank you, and you have a wonderful day. It happened in the trenches of World War II and haunted the lives of all involved. We'll learn more about it in the new book by Ralph Coleman Graham, titled 12 Minutes, The Untold Story of the Ghost Plane at the Battle of the Bulge. I'm really happy to be joined right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable with the author, Mr. Ralph Coleman Graham. Ralph, thank you for joining me today and welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. Now, can you tell me about the story you're telling here in 12 minutes? First of all, I want to tell you that I, I wrote the book simply just to tell a story. I wanted to tell what happened that day because I'm the only survivor, man, of all of my crew is gone. Hmm. And I wanted to tell it because there was no other person on earth that ever knew about it except us. Hmm. And that's the reason I was so determined to put it in a book so people would know. Well, what had happened, uh, we were all prepared to go that morning. It had been cloudy for eight days, and the clouds had lifted, and, and, of course, we were all prepared to go to help. And as we took off from the base, everyone was bareborn except us, and we turned our trip to go, and we had some trouble. And we had to go back and uh, get another plane and... Around, you know, take all of our stuff out of chutes and everything and to replace it. So it took 12 minutes to get ready back on the runway and, uh, and took off. But about a while after we took off, we got a message from the formation that we were, after we had contacted them and told them, you know, we was having trouble. He called back a little later and said, well, we're under attack. 
and y'all go find another place, go go on another cruise. And that's what we did. Of course, it took a little time and effort to do it because, you know, people don't want a strange claim come up and ask to be joined, you know. Hmm. Uh, but finally we did. And uh, we flew, uh, I guess, about a couple hundred miles farther and bombed the bridge. And, of course, came back after it over. Before we took off, we discovered that we had lost nine planes. They said, man, there's only eight because we was in the night. And that's basically what, what we went through with to create that time period. That in the beach, it was our usually the title of the book. Yeah, certainly an important piece of history. And thank you for preserving that for the world. Do you have any words of wisdom now for aspiring authors, for people who haven't published their first book yet but want to do it? <laughs> My first thing I do is tell them not to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I could. I think I could help them a lot. Uh, what's your best one? What do you got? First thing to do is, is put, uh, write it in part. You, you write it consecutively as you go along. And then you can think about other parts of the story, but always put them in sequence. Hmm. That was one of the troubles I had to start with. And it's a good idea when you're facing such a huge project like a book to break it down into smaller chunks, more manageable pieces, and then it becomes a far easier task. Well, Ralph, thank you again for writing this book. Thank you for preserving this piece of important history for the rest of us. Again, the book is titled 12 Minutes, The Untold Story of the Ghost Plane at the Battle of the Bulge by Ralph Coleman Graham. It's published by Christian Faith Publishing, and you can find it everywhere that you shop for your books on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, and iTunes, traditional brick-and-mortar stores as well. Well, Ralph, thanks again for joining me here on the show tonight. I had a really nice time talking. Okay, and thank you very much. <laughs> We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. We hope to see you back here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where independent new authors come first.